Well, hello, EKN Nation. Welcome to another edition of our EKN Debrief, episode number 116. It's Tuesday, August the 29th, 2023. And David Cole, myself, Rob Howden, will be diving into all the action from the 2023 United States Pro Kart Series Ohio Grand Prix, which took place this past weekend at Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati Cartplex in Batavia, Ohio. We'll be diving into it, of course, with the, uh, the overview. We'll look at by the numbers. We'll hit the paddock pass. And jump into the race report as we always do. This week's show presented by Parolin USA. It all started in 1994 when former kart driver Albino Parolin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Parolin was born. Parolin USA is North America's source for Parolin products. We run a factory team at all the major Supercarts USA, USPKS, and Rock Cup USA events. The Parolin chassis lineup for 2023 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag single-speed chassis for junior and senior drivers, the 28-millimeter Opportunity model for the cadet classes, and the Daytona four-cycle chassis. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parolin. For more information, head to ParolinUSA.com. All right, David Cole, time to bring you in here to do the heavy lifting on this one. You were trackside at the USPKS Ohio Grand Prix, August the 24th to the 27th. Round four of a five-round championship program with the best of four counting. Uh, best of five, rather, counting. Best four of five. One more race still on the docket as they get ready to wrap up the 11th season of the program. How was it trackside throughout the weekend? Hot and humid. Exactly. There you go. I felt the same way. That's it. That's Thank you. Thank you very much. We're done. I'm out. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, 110 heat index on on I believe Friday uh, and then you know Thursday was pretty much the same thing you know as soon as I got there it just sweat started pouring off my body once I got out of the car yeah um yeah I mean it was just hot and humid you know we had the chances of rain coming through uh we they, they got hit hard Thursday morning so it left uh the paddock muddy but um you know Sean Bailiff and the entire crew there at Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati have done an amazing job with the expansion um fitting everybody in including all the cars that come in and to park as well too so um it's it's certainly the crown jewel of ohio for sure there's no doubt about that um you know this place is amazing um you know they're the the pro shop they have the clubhouse there that looks like augusta national um that that part is really cool that the racetrack is is it has that it's funny talking to a lot of people. Oh, we'll get into it more later, but it's just it's just really cool. Um, and yeah, I mean the penultimate round of the championship. Um, you know, it's it's August. You know what that means? We've been racing for now into our eighth month of the year. So everybody's seen everybody uh, over and over <laughs> again. You know, so uh, it was. Uh, you know, it was again. What, it's what you expect at the fourth round of a championship. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, again, fourth round of the of the series, as we said. Uh, let's jump into the by the numbers right now, David. Three hundred and three entries at Orlando to kick off the season. Uh, Mid season, right about the same. Two eighty four at Speed Sports, two eighty seven at Newcastle, and then of course uh, running here to, to round number four, two hundred and thirty one. So a significant drop down to two thirty one. Any indication of potentially why? Uh, was is it just so much racing going on right now? Well, school started. That's part of it. You know, yeah. we talked about that in the outlap. You know, school has started. It's the eighth month of the year. So that's another reason as well, too. Uh, you know, I don't think it had anything to do with the facility, certainly. Um, you know, it's a, it's an amazing facility and a lot of people had never been there before. So 
walked away, uh, you know, happy with uh, adding a new track to their list uh, on the year or for their careers as well. Um, Yeah. I mean, again, you got to think about it. 303 in Orlando, there's tons of Florida drivers who just race in Florida. For sure. Um, Yeah. So you get that. The Orlando bump, right? From Florida. Exactly. You get the bump at speed sports because they have a good amount of racers in the state of Texas. So you get a bump there. You get a bump at Newcastle with all the locals there too, as well. And MCC, they have local racers. They just don't have the numbers that Newcastle, Speed Sports, Orlando has. Um, so I think that's part of it as well. And then you have people, yeah. who, and then you have people oh. who aren't following the whole championship because sure. they're either out of it or they're at school. You know, there's and, and listen, we're talking about the low point being 231. Right. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> like, we've had a drop off of 70 entries over a, the start. That's a massive 231. Still a massive race. It's, it's still a it's massive still, race. It is. It's gonna be. It's gonna be the top five of races in the country all year long. Right. Until well, maybe top ten. We'll say top ten. Because yeah. CK I mean, top ten. Top CK twenty. Gonna explode this year. It'll yeah, be top, top 10, 10 top 20. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, top 10, I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, again, you know, and you have drivers double dipping. So that, that kind of bumps up the entries a little bit there as well, too. So, um, again, it's just, you know, you, you typically see that. And, you know, we'll probably I'm going to guess it'll be above the 230 mark at Trackhouse only because Trackhouse has, again, such a massive amount of local racers that Agreed. that always show up with the United States Pro Car Series because the United States Pro Car Series has been going there since the beginning in 2013 so it is the unofficial home of the series since it started its opening event was at track house which was then Indeed. the mooresville motorplex which became the gopro right. motorplex which is now track house exactly that right uh 36 drivers in the micro swift category 32 in mini so both those categories over that 30 mark which we kind of look at as, as a full field uh, the lowest we've seen for X30 Junior, we've seen that happen in a lot of programs right now. 14 drivers in X30 Junior, uh, 22 all told in the X30 Pro category. So, again, a significant drop off in the Pro class as well. The, that single speed 125cc liquid cool category, just again, uh, almost you know, almost gone on the, on the West Coast, but uh, uh, n- not even that great here this particular weekend. Uh, 19 in KA 100 Masters, so they've got a strong Masters program still. Again, KA 100, as we know, David Massive. Uh, the fourth straight race for KA 100 Junior to be over 50. 52 drivers. The high water mark was Newcastle at 59, but 52 entries in KA 100 Junior. 42 in KA 100 Senior, the first one outside of the 50, uh, 50 mark. So still, still 42. And then a good field of 14 drivers in Pro Shifter. Not quite the 20 we had at Newcastle, but still 14 drivers in Pro Shifter. Yeah, it, you, the KA Junior has been uh, the dominant category across the country in terms of numbers. Uh, just, you know, again, a lot of mini drivers that moved up this year uh, and, and just kind of that age range. We were just seeing a lot of a lot of kids in that category, you know, and, and then the turn side X30 Junior has low with at only 14. But again, that's the cream of the crop. Those are some of the drivers that have either been in junior racing for a number of years or are the top graduating drivers from mini. You talk about Keelan Harvick, uh, Tra- Turner Brown. And, and a couple others as well too so uh and then you know so really the when you look at drop mini swift from 46 at the opening of the year to 32 that's 14 right there and then x30 pro goes from 39 to 22 that's a drop of 17 so that adds up to you know almost half of the difference between the orlando total yeah. and the and and what we had at motorsports country club Indeed. cincinnati exactly that 
All right, folks, first break in the action. When we get back, we'll jump into the paddock pass. David will get some of the information that he had from being trackside throughout the weekend. Stay tuned. More to come on this edition of The Debrief. Made in the USA. It's not just a statement. It's the mission at Factory Carts of America. Led by four-time Supernats champion Billy Musgrave, Factory Carts manufactures their frames completely in-house at the Riverside, California facility. Built and designed from the ground up specifically for the American karting market, Factory Carts brings new innovations and solutions that are long overdue. Factory Carts bring together the highest quality materials to produce a high-performance, long-lasting cart that has been designed and perfected from three years of development, with a focus for a big push across North America in 2023. No other karting manufacturer stands behind its product like Factory Carts does, providing a two-year warranty on all their frames. Do you remember when American Made meant innovative, original, stronger, faster, and just plain better? Well, American Made is back. Contact Factory Carts today to join the American Made movement. Learn more by visiting factorycarts.com or email Billy anytime at info at factorycarts.com. History, success, family. Those are the three words that can describe Comet Cart Sales, one of the longest tenured carting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation located just outside of Indianapolis has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, continually adding new parts to their product line. From full carting packages, new engines, spare or replacement parts, and safety gear, find it all at CometCartSales.com. Their Comet Racing Engine service has won multiple major events and championships over decades of karting and continues to offer the best trackside service in the industry, specializing in IAMI X30, IAMI Swift, and other two-cycle power plants. Make sure to head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. Hey there, my name is Dion Moltka, and I grew up karting and was fortunate enough to one day achieve my dream of becoming a professional race car driver. Looking back at my career, the most fun I had was in karting, but it was also one of the most challenging times in my career too. I often found myself craving expert guidance from someone who had been there before, that had done it and knew the right path forward, but it just wasn't available. And that's why I created Blaze Coaching. It's a platform designed to ensure every driver has the chance to learn from the best, from those who have faced the challenges and know what it takes to become a champion in our sport. Just imagine being coached by 2023 Indy 500 winner Joseph Newgarden, or Indy 500 front wheel qualifier Spencer Piggott, or how about Acura factory driver Ricky Taylor? They're all here as coaches on Blaze, ready to help you along your path. It's designed to meet you where you are. So no matter what your experience level is, where you race, what you race, or what your goals are, your Blaze coach is there to help. Are you ready to unlock your potential? Visit blaze.io backslash carding today. That's B-L-A-Y-Z-E backslash carding. Welcome back to episode 116 of our EKN Debrief as we dive into the USPKS event from the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati this past weekend. Rob Howden alongside David Cole. We'll move now into the Paddock Pass presented today by the Skip Barber Racing School. 
Are you looking for the next step in racing? Go from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Racing School. Skip Barber alumni are champions in every motorsports series, including Formula One, NASCAR, IMSA, and IndyCar. Get behind the wheel of a Skip Barber Formula Four car featuring a 160 horsepower turbocharged engine. Our highly structured and competitive Skip Barber Formula Race Series is the perfect platform to start your racing career so you can fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. With equalized race cars and a focus on driver development, your driving skills will determine if you end up in victory lane. Learn more about the Skip Barber Racing School at skipbarber.com or call 866-932-1949. Okay, David, Paddock Pass, what do you got from Trackside? Well, let's start with the beginning and getting to the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, Cartplex. You know, we've been asked numerous times to get down there. And uh, now we find I've been finally able to get down there. And and again, like I said in the opening segment, it's uh, it's the crown jewel of Ohio, that, that state down south. Uh, as much as I don't look like going to Ohio, um, <laughs> I'll go there for mid-Ohio and for Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati. Okay. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's amazing, you know, the the, the club, you know, a good, a good, quick little way to call it the racetrack. Um, it, 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 it started out as that, you know, it really was a country club of, for motorsports and, and you get that when you go into their clubhouse, which has, like I said, a locker room that looks like Augusta national, a golf course, um, is very cool, uh, pro shop, you know, the they, Michelle and Sean do amazing job keeping that up to date and, and having, you know, super nationals winning carts on there, the brickyard carts that they had win, uh, at Indy up there as well too. So oh, just, just the feel of walking into that, you feel like you, you know, you're, you're somewhere. Um, and then the expansion they did there to provide enough paddock space for not only all the haulers that we have in there and all the trailers, but for all the parking, again, it's just a massive, uh, overtaking when you try and welcome a series that has this many people coming to the event and they had that, uh, they have that ability, you know, any big event can go there now. Um, they have the paved, 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 uh, paths. So, uh, when you're pushing up to the grid, it's, it's nice and easy. Um, and what I think made it very unique and very cool is he lined up all the RVs along the, the, uh, the, the last couple of sec corners and, and the, in the straightaway to the checker flag. So, it, you know, it reminds you of like being at a big event, you know, anywhere yeah. you go, you get all the li RVs lined up and they're, they're watching the racetrack. So it's very cool. Uh, they've done an amazing job. They have the, you know, a, a pre-grid area they poured in just, just a couple weeks ago. So that helped to alleviate, you know, any of the, the bottleneck up and near the grid area and exiting yeah. and going back to the paddock. Um, you know, again, and then they live there, you know, the Bayless live there, their house is nearly 200 years old. Uh, it was pretty cool to look at and, and uh, yeah, very fantastic. cool. Uh, it, just so many good things to say about the racetrack. I mean, it, it's uh, it, so it kind of has us when I'm talking to people, people are saying it has that Ocala feel because of the, they have the fencing all around the racetrack. That's very yep. similar to that. Um, but, you know, a little bit different than that. And you got trees all around you. So you're, you're the sound just stays within the whole area. Uh, just, you know, so many cool things about that racetrack. I love it. I got now, now you're making me want to get down and just get this place. I got, I got to put that on my list for next year to get down to run a, to run a race down there. That sounds fantastic. Now, of course, into the paddock pass right now. Talk about the club. Welcome to the club. I like that line. Uh, a lot of stuff happening, David. Silly season. Um, it kind of caught me off guard. I saw a couple things pop up on social media. You obviously were able to get uh, the scoop when you got down there. A lot, a lot of drivers making some moves here midway, let's, let's say, to the end of the summer. 
Yeah, a couple, a couple did uh, that were very notable, uh, including Stephen Miller making the jump over to Nash Motorsports on the EOS chassis, uh, leaving Chad Dawkins Racing on the Kart Republic. So this was uh, a kind of a, a quick turnaround as he was testing the weekend before with Chad Dawkins Racing on the Kart Republic, and then Tuesday, I believe, or Wednesday is when the announcement came that he was making the move. So uh, something happened real quick. Uh, didn't get get Miller's take on it, but, uh, you know, Chad docking racing, he, he's looking forward to, uh, to getting some new drivers under the tent. Um, so he's already got some feelers on that. So he he'll be uh, looking to move forward from that, but, uh, Miller seemed to fit right in with the Nash program. And we'll talk more about his results later on in the, in the race coverage. Another one that we can talk about more later in the race coverage, uh, Emerson Reed, a uh, longtime Ohio Carter, uh, been racing with the United States pro Kart series since the beginning, kind of on and off here and there uh he jumped in with ryan perry motorsport about aboard the tony cart um he started the year with franklin motorsports on the merlin then moved over to hotes driver development with uh otk products there so uh third team on the year um but we'll talk a little bit more about his results but yeah he just said he was looking for something different and and trying something out see where how it worked out and uh we'll get into those results and then trackside uh Braden Eves was tr attempting to do the double duty um but as you know was involved in a uh, a pretty uh gnarly wreck there at Indianapolis Motor Speedway and so he's had some he's had some neck issues since that that time and had some surgeries on that yeah. and um the racetrack at Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati Cartplex is uh provides a lot of g-force uh, especially the new section uh, you know, a lot of, so it's a lot of, uh, strain on the, on the left side of your neck, you know, cause your head's trying to go right. Yeah, um, of course. he, he actually decided to, uh, to pull out of X30 and they decided to put Brandon Lemke in. So, okay. uh, which was ironic because if you look back to last year or I believe it was last year, what wasn't this year, was it? I think it was last year. Yes. Last year, Lemke race Liberante had their little bit of run-ins at, uh, at Orlando and uh and now race liberante racing or working under the RP, uh, mpg motorsports tent was now working alongside brandon lemke <laughs> in the x30 ride so obviously yeah, all strange, their all that stuff, dead fellows yeah that. all that stuff has gone under the under the bridge and you know the, everybody's good with that but it was really cool to see kind of them uh working together on that and it was funny because Braden knees actually used my neck brace I, I i don't know if you recall but i have one of those really thick big ones and yep, uh yep. and he used it to help keep his keep his head straight as he was going through uh, uh all the g loads at the racetrack so um it worked out great he was able to get through all the ka stuff all weekend long and uh for some reason just that racetrack was put a put a big strain on his neck that's the fastest that neck brace has ever gone um <laughs> no you probably road race with it <laughs> i was gonna say i've gotten up to 100 miles an hour on it there you go. There you go. Hey, listen, uh, David, one of the things obviously that came down recently was the, uh, an update to the 2024 schedule. I'm sure that was some chatter. I know that we were obviously talking to the, the, the people that were behind it. Was that, was there chatter about that throughout the weekend or was we kind of waiting for the, for the, for it to hit? Yeah, it started Thursday when we were contacted by, um, by the, uh, United States pro card series stars car or stars championship series and Supercarts USA. So, we were kind of working behind the scenes with them on on getting a a publishing of dates, new updated dates on for Monday. We we're looking to try and do that on Friday, but um, some things happened. We, there were some storms um, that came through here 
um, and and through Ohio. So so we had some internet issues with with some people, and and we felt Monday would be an easier time because then it wouldn't get lost in in kind of the weekend coverage. So yeah, so um, yeah, so um, so it was good to hear you know those three programs kind of working together. Um, and, and in a sense, that's what we need. We need, I think we need more people involved. We need, obviously there wasn't any conflicts with, uh, you know, the Florida winter tour and, and any of the changes that was made, but I think we need to include all the promoters, uh, in this program to kind of, again, working together, seeing what works, what doesn't, uh, again, we, we, we keep talking about it. We just have too many races. I mean, we were talking off air. There's just a lot of racing going on and we have a lot of programs trying to, to all fit into this, you know, 12 month calendar. And, yeah. you know, for, for these States up here, we only have through April through October really to kind of get it all in. So, um, but, and it's a good step. Again, we've seen it before with organizations working together. Um, you know, so we'll see, we'll see how this goes, you know? So, you know, if you look at those three programs, they, they're kind of spaced out pretty well, except for the month of June um, when they're kind of close together. But aside from that, you know, it'll help out the competitors, help out the teams to uh, allow them not to go back to back with events. So um, and, and have that opportunity for a break in between or a couple weeks break in between some races. Speaking of break, we're going to go to another one here right now. We get back. It's time to jump into the race report. David will give us his rundown of the X30 Pro class, the KA100 Senior class and Pro Shifter. We'll look at the big dogs when we come after this break. Have you suffered through the foul tasting or super sugary alternatives for endurance energy supplements? Do you feel like you don't get enough energy or not fast enough? Does everything you've tried taste synthetic and artificial? Carding puts extreme demands on your body, and in particular during hot days and weekends, with multiple heats and long main events. So at Titanium Sports Nutrition, we hear you. We make great-tasting, clinically proven energy supplements for the most intense sport challenges using superfoods sourced straight from the Andes Mountains in South America and the Amazon rainforest. Our proprietary carbohydrate mix that we use in all our products is proven to deliver up to 75% more energy compared to brands that use glucose alone as their sole carb energy source and also absorbs two times faster from the gut into the bloodstream. What this means is that you'll feel energized faster and longer with titanium, and you'll sustain your physical performance. Go to Amazon or to our online store at titaniumstore.cl to order online. That's titaniumstore.cl. Use the promo code eCarding15 in our online store to get 15% off your first order. That's eCarding15. With titanium, feel energized and satiated for hours with the power of superfoods from the Amazon and the Andes. Fast, fair, and fun. Ignite Carding offers you all of that at an affordable price. Ignite Carding utilizes the spec Margay Ignite K3 with a Briggs & Stratton 206 engine and a Hoosier R80 tire. Everyone in the junior, senior, and master's classes compete on the same Ignite K3 chassis, which puts all the emphasis squarely on driver development. Additionally, Ignite Karting is accessible at the local, regional, and national level. Special events for the 2023 season include the Ignite Majors, which begins with the annual trip to the Daytona International Speedway as part of the WKA Daytona Kart Week as part of both the sprint and road racing events. Those in the Midwest can enjoy the regionally-based Ignite Challenge, which just finished up a record-setting season in 2022. 
Local club programs have also been established in other states all across the country, from Idaho to Texas, Nebraska to New York, with more tracks and clubs joining the Ignite Karting program. Be part of fast fun and great memories with Margate Racing at an Ignite track near you. All information on Ignite events and Ignite Kart packages, including dealers in your area, are available at ignitekarting.com. Get off the couch and out onto the track in 2023. Ignite Karting, fuel your passion. Powered by technology, DID racing chains have a worldwide reputation for superior quality and reliability. Meticulously engineered and manufactured in Japan, DID Genuine Parts are the world's number one original parts supplier for Japanese and European motorcycle manufacturers. A rich racing tradition where results speak for themselves, DID prides itself on engineering the most technologically advanced chains on the market to help you excel on and off the track. DID's SDH pin treatment creates an extremely hard chromium carbide layer on the pin surface that houses a soft inner core to absorb extreme shock loads. DID's 219 HTZ racing chain boasts this SDH pin technology, which leads to longer chain life as well as excellent energy transmission to the wheels. Available in the gorgeous gold, the 219 HTZ is the ultimate racing kart chain. Pick up a DID chain at your local dealer today, because when winning is the only thing that matters, go with DID. Back at it here at the EKN Debrief, episode 116, as we're doing the full race review of the USPKS event at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, Cartplex. Uh, this show uh, today, again, brought to you by Peril in USA. Let's jump now into our race report. Today's race report presented by Acceleration Kart Racing. Acceleration Kart Racing has everything you need to go racing, from tires to helmets. They have a great website for you to order from, and kart racers ready to pick up the phone and answer your questions six days a week. With over 20 years of kart racing under their belts, Acceleration Kart Racing has the experience to help you succeed on the track. You can rely on them to get the parts you need when you need them. Make Acceleration Kart Racing your go-to source for everything karting. Head to www.shopakr.com. All right, let's jump into the X30 Pro class brought to you by Franklin Motorsports. I'll roll out the headline. David, you can fill in the information from there. Here's the headline. Keeble becomes fourth different winner in 2023. Yeah, this 2023 season for United States Pro Kart Series X30 Pro has been certainly exciting right. to welcome a fourth different winner. Wow. Uh, it looked like we were going to possibly either have a repeat winner or uh, a different type of winner, uh, one that's won before, because it was Ryan Norberg and Joe Turney who were, were the drivers to beat early on. They ended up uh, one, two, and qualifying with Norbert getting his first pole, uh, top qualifier honor of the season. Uh, and he came out and won the opening heat race, but then Turney came back and won the other two races to earn the pole position for the main event. But it was Norberg out on the outside, Keeble inside of row two with Diego Ramos, who seemed to be getting better and better as the weekend went on. He was starting fourth. Norberg got tried to just didn't quite get the jump when the green flag hit and and Ramos actually dove to the inside as everybody went narrow towards turn one. 
So it had actually three wide going into turn one with Norberg on the outside. So he got into the marbles a little bit, drifted back, I believe, all the way to 14th by the end of the opening lap. So wow. not exactly the best opening circuit for Norberg, but thankfully the entire race was a bit chaotic because <laughs> Keeble went on the attack. He talked about it earlier on that day uh, during an interview, said, we've made some changes. Warm up was great. I think we now have something to battle with. And he certainly did that because he took it to turn to tourney right away. They went at it a number of times and this allowed the group to kind of stay close. I mean, you're talking about probably what 13 drivers, 14 drivers all right there, all oh, okay. looking for a way to get position. So this allowed Norberg to slowly pick off a driver here, there, here, there, here, there, eventually getting up to into third and then being right there with Nor with uh Keeble and tourney. And they continue to keep battling it back and forth there was some in, a little bit of contact here and there i know tourney uh went off racetrack at one time as keeble made a pass for the lead that bunched him up even more allowed norberg to kind of slide into the second spot now and then he went on the attack at keeble keeble again probably a one of the most aggressive defensive drivers that you that we probably have in the paddock there was certainly a lot of times he, he was running, not the racing line, running a defensive line. And we're talking, you know, lap two, lap three, and then lap 10, lap 12. Uh, so that made it things a little bit interesting, a little bit harder for anybody to get around Keeble. There was a little bit of contact between Keeble and Norberg. That sent Norberg backwards as well, too. And that was kind of the turning point and allowed kind of Keeble to kind of move his way and get away from the rest of the field as they kind of battled behind him. And I think that allowed Ramos to move into the second spot. Basically, that was a deciding factor as Keeble was able to run away, uh, holding on to a two-tenths margin by the end of the checkered flag to claim his first victory uh, over Diego Ramos. Wow. Uh, uh, talking about Austin Garrison, David, a hard charger up 16th spots, 19th, but it ended up being in that top five, finished P3. Yeah, just a uh, happy hour. He was underweight, so had to do the set the first group out for qualifying. So didn't get a good qualifying lap. Ended up in 16th uh, in qualifying, and then a couple of wrecks in the uh, in the heat races kept him in the in the back of the main event grid. So certainly had the pace because he was, I believe, the quickest in happy hour, and that's what cost him that being the underweight there cost him the opportunity to uh, to battle for a uh, top qualifier honor. Uh, but certainly, you know, all that racing, he, he, again, played it smart, was able to kind of knife his way in certain spots and was able to, uh, to get up into that third spot ahead of Nicholas Terlecki, who had a great, again, hasn't raced X3 in a long time, came back this weekend and, uh, and showed a calm composure was involved in a heat races incident as well, too. I believe Garrison was part of it or no, that was a different one. He was with, uh, Pauli Massimino, uh, but Terlecki certainly had good pace all weekend long and, uh, and stayed out of trouble finally was able to get that fourth place position he actually moved up nine positions so he went from 13th to fourth and then it was norberg in the fifth spot and joe turney in six who uh so you had the the two top drivers they were probably the two quickest drivers on the racetrack norberg with fast lap of the race and turney quickest all weekend long uh ended up in that sixth spot uh, a lot of chatter online, David, about Keeble and the full defense lot, the defense line. I, I, I didn't get a chance to see any of it as, as I was busy down in Texas. But uh, yeah, see, seems like not a lot of people super, super happy about uh, going full defensive throughout an entire race distance. Yeah, you know, the tight confines of MCC, I think that has a lot to do with it. You know, we don't, okay. it wasn't, 
you know, there, it's not a wide racetrack, you know, and, and, you know, typically with, you know, in the pushback bumper, you got, there's a lot of scenario, you know, factors into it. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was some contact. Um, but again, you know, I think they're, they're focused on getting rid of the swerving, but again, when you go out of exit and go right into defense mode, uh, you know, that it does bottleneck things up and it's just, it's not what we're typically used to seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it got the job done for him. So it, right. it's kind of, it's, no doubt. it's kind of <laughs> hard to argue, you know, again, he, you know, you got to find a way by, you know, I, I don't know, it, you know, Turney had some issues and again, the pushback bumper, it's kind of hard to move somebody. That's it. I was going to say that yeah. bumper, uh, because, yeah. you know, in this category, you know, for, for myself, and I believe you do believe it as well too. Sometimes you got to p- push a guy out, you know, um, you know, my, if, you're blo- you know if you're blocking like crazy, you, you got to expect some contact, I think. Yeah, Paulie Massimino got a penalty for blatantly taking out uh, one of the other competitors. I can't remember his name. Uh, Vizarro, I believe it was. Um, because, again, the guy, you know, was, I don't know if he was swerving or just, just kept running into Paulie. And Paulie, right in front of everybody, it was the turn five hairpin, which is right in front of the grid. Everybody saw it, knew it was coming, and it happened. Um, you know, so he kind of took matters into his own hands, but unfortunately took himself out in the process of well too. So, um, you know, what's, what's the best way to handle that? Um, well, because some, again, some, hey, sometimes you got to teach people how to treat you. Right. Right. <laughs> but in the main just event, a lot of points up for grabs, you're trying to go for a championship, you know, you're yeah, kind of in the hunt. Um, you know, it's a matter of, you know, do it, do it in a warm up, maybe. <laughs> okay. All right. Not, I don't endorse that, but I, I just, I'm kidding. Regardless, uh, Harley Keeble scoring the win in X30 Pro. Fourth different winner on the season for 2023. We'll see if we go for five when they get to Trackhouse for the finale uh, later this uh, this early. Who would fall, that be if we get a? Who would that be if we got a fifth different winner? Has Ramos won yet? Ramos has not won yet. So there you go, a guy that's right in the middle of a fight, right? And you said you talked about the fact he's kind of picking things up. Hey, it could be Detulio as well, right? Another guy, what maybe. Massimino or, or Norberg. Let's just say Norbert. That's right. He hasn't won yet. He hasn't won yet. So. Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird to say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <you're> right. <laughs> I got you. number one. He should be the number one option. And you just, he yeah, you just went option. Ramos. Yeah, see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Norbert, well, I kind of thought in my mind that Norbert would have already won, but yes, you're right. Yep. Nor- <laughs> I would say Norbert, Ramos, uh, DeTulio, uh, mm-hmm. or Massimino. For yeah, because yeah, right? you're going to be at Trackhouse. Yeah, that's that's track a good exactly that's that. a good four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, let's go to KA100 Senior, presented by Mike Doty Racing. Here's your headline. Reed returns to top step, step of podium 10 years later. It's certainly a, a fun category to watch all weekend long uh, with the, uh, trying to look back, 41 drivers in the field. They continued with the ABCD format, even though they didn't run an LCQ, but they kept on. Uh, you know, keeping the same structure throughout the year. So continued on with the, uh, the split up heat races, which, which made for, you know, less chaotic uh, racing, I think in the heat races, because once we got all of them in the main event, of course, there was an opening corner wreck involving, you know, mid pack drivers and, and taking probably, I think about five drivers out of the race. So uh, your typical KA 100 senior start. Uh, but throughout the day or throughout the weekend, you know, Harley Keeble can carry that momentum from Newcastle over into Ohio was the driver to beat. Set, set uh, fast time in qualifying, won two of the three heat races. The only driver to beat him in the heat races was senior rookie and Newcastle winner Cooper Shipman. 
So Shipman, who won another heat race as well, he kind of kept pace with Keeble. So they were the front two drivers on the front row. Keeble on the inside, Shipman on the outside. So uh, a good start. You had uh, Emerson Reed and Finnegan Bailiff winning the other heat races. So a good mixture of drivers in there. And it was those four drivers who kind of broke away from the field early on. Unfortunately, within a couple of laps, uh, lap number six, Shipman lost his steering wheel. It, I had no idea what happened. Uh, he came out of the the tight bottom corner at the uh, the far end of the straightaway going up the hill and, and pulled off to the side. Uh, his steering wheel, I guess the bolt that holds the steering wheel just snapped and wow. uh, came uh, detached from the steering shaft. So luckily, you know, it wasn't going into the corner. It was coming out of the corner. So that yeah. was good. Uh, so certainly, uh, uh, you know, Somebody was watching over him uh, on the day, but uh, unfortunately it was out of the race. So it left three drivers up the front of the field. It was uh, Harley Keeble leading uh, Finnegan Bailiff and um, Emerson Reed coming up from, where did he start? I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, fourth. So yeah, right there. Um, so those three drivers basically stuck together, ran away from the rest of the field. So you knew it was going to come down to a last lap shootout, ended up being the last lap. Emerson Reed put himself in the second, a couple laps before that. And Harley Keeble went defensive going into turn one as a white flag waved. Emerson Reed pulled off the, the, the greatest over under because Keeble drifted out wide and Reed had the greatest momentum to just shoot basically almost like a rain rain line you know how you go from the outside to the yep. inside yeah. it was perfect because he was almost alongside of him before rakibo even got done going over the exit curbs wow. uh so so reed grabbed the lead bailiff i think slid in under him or uh, uh came through to uh to take second on the next corner so reed going into the turn five hairpin didn't go defensive ran the normal line bailiff looked at it went for it and as he went for it keeble decided to go to the inside of both of them at the apex. So almost an over under of his own to get underneath both of those drivers. So three wide at the exit or at the apex at the exit, Keeble's there a little bit of contact with bailiff and bailiff tried to hold on to the outside lane. Didn't work out because Reed had to kind of check up because he had both carts underneath of them. Uh, that allowed Keeble to kind of get away. And that was essentially the winning move uh, or provisional winning move right, as yeah. Keeble was able to reach the line first. Unfortunately, uh, that moved uh, will, will go to nothing as a disqualification in the tech inspection for, I believe it was uh, oil on the clutch. So okay. again, you know, some chain lube or, lube or something got in there. And uh, so disqualification for Keeble. Emerson Reed able to hold on to the second spot as um uh, you know, as, as bailiff went off the racetrack there. Uh, so he was able to move up into the second spot. So that in turn gave Emerson Reed his first victory, uh, in 10 years at the United States pro card series his first one in the KA 100 senior division. Yeah. Dave, what you have here, it ends up being 69 th thousandths of a second Connor Ferris up into second. How did he pull, where, where was he to be able to jump into P2? Well, he was sitting there in fourth, you know, again, watch not the, really able to, he, he actually started back in 12th. He had a, a spin in the third, his third heat race. So he was among those drivers that was quick all weekend long, you know, just uh, one bad heat race, put him outside the top 10 for the starting spot. So he was able to work his way up into the four spot. He had probably about a two second gap. 
to the leaders uh, as they took the white flag. So when Bailiff went off the racetrack there, he was able to slide by him. And then uh, as uh, they made their way through the last couple of corners, Reed made an attempt on Keeble and it wasn't, it wasn't uh, quite good enough. And so it kind of bogged them down, coming down onto the straightaway. And, and uh, Ferris had a good run and just missed out getting Reed at the line. All right. Uh, so Bailiff, as you said, ends up in third spot. James Overbeck in fourth. Eli Warren would qualified third. Uh, sounds like he was probably running around there pretty good. Top five for Eli as well. Yeah, Eli had a uh, uh, one heat. Uh, he had decent heat races, just um, yeah, qualified third overall, just wasn't able to stay up into the top three throughout the heat race. And then so essentially behind the four drivers, I mean, it was a massive battle for what was provisionally the fifth spot. Overbeck ended up winning that position. Eli Warren getting up behind him for uh, at the checkered flag. So they were able to move up one position to fourth and fifth. Uh, ben Gaunt on a Cosmic, your hard charger up 16th spot, started 48th, able to drive his way up in at 222nd. Uh, DC, let's go into Pro Shifter, presented by SRP Engines. Here's the headline. Myers completes sweep for second victory. Yeah, just a dominating weekend by AJ Myers in the Pro Shifter category aboard the Magic Cart machine. Uh, the only blemish on his record was a whole shot in the main event. Uh, that provided a little bit of drama in the pro shifter category. Aside from that, uh, everything was all AJ Myers all weekend long, setting fast time and qualifying and winning all three heat races ahead of Martin Kremer. So Kremer's able to grab the whole shot from Myers. Myers messed up just a little bit. And as they made their way through turns two and three, a little bit of contact between the two actually sent uh, Myers off dirt tracking just a little bit. That dropped him back to the fourth position as uh, Talon Yako and Alan Isambard were able to move up uh, ahead of him at that time. And that put Kremers out in the lead a little bit, but Myers got by both of those drivers really quick and then set his sights on Kremers. I believe it was lap four uh, when Myers was right there. Uh, Kremers kind of went defensive early, even though it was lap four. And, uh, and Myers took advantage of it, got around side on the outside around that turn two. And that put him on the inside of turn three and, and Myers essentially returned the favor, uh, putting Kremers off just a little bit, just enough to kind of slow his pace and, and give Myers just enough gap. And then a couple laps later, uh, it was a broken exhaust for Kremers that would make him pull off the racetrack and record a DNF for the first time this season. Uh, that allowed Myers to drive away to a nearly six second advantage and Talon Yako getting on the podium for the first time this year. Uh, and giving Magic a 1-2 finish. Yeah, solid for them. David Greco finishing in third spot. Is it Michael Riccio? 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 What did Riccio, you I believe, Riccio. yes. What do you He's know Canadian. About He's a Canadian driver on the Magic. Well yeah. done. I'll have to pick up some information on that, heading into some more races. Gavin Bailiff putting uh, uh, both Bailiff brothers in the top five in their races. Gavin, also David, the hard charger, started 10th, got up to 5th. Yeah, a couple of mechanical issues during the heat races for him. He got a fifth in the last heat race, so got a little bit more comfortable, but had to start back in the uh, in the tenth position and wasn't quite able to be able to pat, uh, to battle for uh, one of the top three finishes uh, positions. Uh, the uh, race report brought to you by Acceleration Car Racing will continue when we get back after this break. X thirty Junior, KA one hundred Junior, and KA one hundred Masters. Is IndyCar your dream? If it is, for 2023 and beyond, the path from karting to IndyCar has gotten even clearer. 
It's time to look into the new USF Juniors program and the brand new Tatus JR23. As the first step of the newly rebranded USF Pro Championships presented by Cooper Tires, the USF Junior Series will feature a six-event, 16-race schedule to train racers for the move into the USF 2000 Championship presented by Cooper Tires. The USF Junior Champion will win a scholarship worth over $248,000, and the total prize fund will exceed $330,000. The series will also debut the new Tatus JR23 race car in 2023, which is a development version of the USF-22 used in USF-2000. It's the ideal entry point for career-minded carters moving on to the car racing ladder. Safety is always front and center in the mind of the series promoters, and the USF Juniors car features a halo, and the races are supported by members of the AMR IndyCar safety team. If IndyCar is your goal, USF Juniors is the starting line. For more information, visit www.usfjuniors.com and follow USF Juniors on social media. There's a new hot button name in American safety equipment, Stilo USA. Every product with Stilo is focused on safety, comfort, and function. Stilo USA is happy to provide you with the proper safety apparel to keep you protected on the track and their carding lineup is second to none. The ST5 KRT carding helmet is available for $599. Manufactured using a lightweight and extremely strong composite material, the KRT provides an excellent fit and comfort level due to its dual density interior foam lining and it's equipped with a symmetrical visor that offers excellent vision and an effortless central visor locking system. The ST5 CMR standard was developed jointly by the FIA Institute and Snell Memorial Foundation to ensure safer and lighter weight helmets for the younger carters. Drivers rave about the superior comfort levels, lightweight construction, and the unparalleled field of vision. The perfect youth helmet is available for $549. Stilo didn't stop with their helmets either. The newly developed Carbon Curva Rib Protector is unlike any on the market with its form-fitting solution to offer superior protection. Head to stilohelmets.com to review these and many more products to keep you safe on the track. Stilo, any competition, one helmet. Check out any major national karting event and what's the common thread? Speed Concepts Racing, up front, in every class, every weekend. The Speed family has been at the forefront of American karting for over 25 years, and Speed Concepts Racing is the sole dedication of Father Mike Speed and his multi-time championship winning son, Alex Speed. This program is all about passion for the sport and a dedication to winning. They know how to get it done. If you're a senior driver ready to put yourself amongst the best in the country, Speed Concepts Racing is the program for you. We can win the big races. You just need to be in the seat. The Speed's program has delivered time over time in the junior classes as well, helping to elevate a long list of young drivers from mid-pack to potential race winners. Speed Concepts Racing has the perfect equation of coaching, driver development, and technical knowledge to elevate your program. Arrive and drive opportunities are available for the remainder of the 2023 season, and we're locking in seats for 2024 as well. If you're ready to take your career to the next level, contact Speed Concepts Racing through email at speedconceptsracing 
at gmail.com. Welcome back to the EKN Debrief, uh, episode 116. Again, it is August the 29th as we wrap up things from the USPKS event at the Motorsports Country Club uh, of Cincinnati Cartplex. David Cole giving us his full insight, having been trackside throughout the weekend. Three more categories on the docket in this particular segment here. X30 Junior presented by Rawls and Performance Group up next. And here's the headline. Brown locks up victory in class debut. Yeah, he did it at Supercars USA Pro Tour Summer Nationals at Newcastle and did it here at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati Cartplex. It was uh it was a good great uh first X30 junior class debut for Turner Brown. Uh but Rivera, Ernest Ernesto Rivera was the driver to beat all weekend long. Set fast time in qualifying and won all three heat races, uh adding to his already championship lead coming in with three victories already uh he started on the pole position turner on the outside of the front row a little bit of action on the opening lap between the two sent rivera off the racetrack and all the way back into the 13th position so uh that was uh, uh that was kind of a notable point in the race even though it was early on uh but from there rivera continued to climb his way forward getting up into i believe was the third spot uh late in the race but out front, it was Turner Brown and Zovid Montien. They were the top two drivers able to gap the rest of the field, ran nose to tail, didn't really race much. That was until about, what, four laps remaining. They started going back and forth a little bit. And I think with two laps to go, as they came out of turn three, there was no speed out of uh, Enzo Vidmontien. The chain Ooh. had broken off, and that was his race. So he coasted his way down to uh, to a stop down the road, essentially giving the win or the lead and the win to Turner Brown, who would go on to uh, to cross the line first. Now, provisionally, there was a penalty given to Brown uh, for the contact with Rivera. That penalty, however, was overturned. So Brown retained the victory and took his uh, took the top step of the podium for okay. the first time in USPKS competition. Ernesto Rivera finishing in second, as David had said. Jackson Woolley back up on the podium again for RPG on the Cosmic. Another good run for Sarah Bradley. We're seeing her really step her way forward here. And, and in the X30 junior class, Bradley finishing in the four spot on the red speed. Keelan Harvick, David, another top five. How did he perform throughout the weekend? Both he and Bradley. Yeah, Bradley did an amazing job. You know, she had won the club race the weekend before, so she knew the racetrack. And she's, I think she's found a new home with Speeds Concept Racing, you know, working alongside Turner Brown. Nathan Dupuy, another driver, gaining momentum. He got a second in one of the heat races, yeah. was uh, started third. Just didn't quite have the pace, however, in the main event. So uh, so that kind of cost him uh, a, a, a spot on the podium. But, uh, you know, Bradley's doing a, did a great job on the weekend. And Keelan Harvick running double duty. Uh, said he felt fine after the weekend. So, uh, you know, fifth place uh, in his first visit to MCC, good spot. And again, just getting more knowledge and getting more momentum to uh, to carry on into the next year. A hard charger. What do we got here, David? Davin Roberts on the Tony Kart, up five spots, 14th to ninth, but also uh, Rivera on the racetrack. Yeah, guess, right? going back yeah to you got to give honor. You got to give honorable mention to Rivera going, oh, <laughs> going back to 13th. Uh, on the on the opening lap and ended up finishing second. So uh, he had isn't it great? Uh, isn't it crazy? Both both he and Norbert getting shoved back like that because you talked about yeah. Norbert getting pushed back like 14th as well, right? 
Yeah, I think Norberg had to thank the rest of the field though, because they were, or really had to thank Keeble for for boxing for everybody up. Where here, Rivera actually had to run everybody down. He actually had his fast lap was two tenths quicker than anybody on the racetrack. Wow. So uh, yeah, Rivera had the pace going, and and with with his runner up and three victories, this pretty much locks up the championship for him. Uh, yeah. So there is talk that he might be running senior in Trackhouse. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, that's interesting. All right, let's go to KA100 Junior because Rivera will uh, will be a factor there as well. KA100 Junior presented by BBS Racing Engine. Here's the headline: Rivera wins third in comeback drive. Yeah, not quite the comeback drive he had in X30 Junior, but uh, this one's one notch better. Uh, he was among the top contenders all weekend long. He actually, where did he qualify here? I don't have that down here. He actually qualified six. Yeah, he qualified six. So still there because, again, you got 52 uh, drivers uh, battling in this category. So anything can happen. You had uh, Stephen Miller welcoming his new home at Nash Motorsports, ending up in the uh, the top of the order and qualifying with Sebastian Garzon in second and Nathan Dupuy in third. So uh, good qualifying performances by those two. Uh, ended up being Rivera winning the opening heat race along with Austin Olds winning the C versus D uh miller i believe was involved in contact in that race and was moved behind uh garzon uh for taking him out of the race so that kind of hurt miller's uh points on the on on that race uh he came back ended up winning the second heat race with rivera winning the other second heat race uh and then you had peyton westcott and ernesto rivera winning the heat races in round three so rivera picking up three heat race wins that put him on the pole position with austin olds on the outside of the front row uh oliver weldon and peyton westcott in row two and then enzo vidmontien and turner brown in row three this race was uh obviously uh, a bit quite bit not crazy but exciting uh rivera actually got shuffled down to six as they were all racing uh for position and for the lead uh but continued to fight back in the second half of the race basically it was turner brown up front kind of leading the way um i'm I kind of forgot how this race unfolded. I, I I'm trying to get back to uh, my, 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 my lap chart here. I can't find it. Um, so yeah, I believe Turner Brown was able to kind of position himself as the leader uh, early on after some early shuffling. So was able to get himself into the lead um, basically by the halfway point had a, had a good enough advantage. I believe I'm, I'm looking, I'm stalling and I'm looking. Yeah. So Turner Brown uh, got himself in the lead, by the halfway point and established a pretty good lead on the rest of the field that at the same time, Rivera dropped back to six and then he started fighting his way forward. Brown had a good enough advantage to what you thought he was able to going to keep, but Rivera was, I think two tenths, three tenths quicker lap after lap. So he quickly reeled him in after a couple of laps made the pass for the lead and Brown just wasn't able to, to match and, or, or fight back. And as Rivera led the last two laps to be able to score his third victory uh, on this season, winning 
by over two seconds at the yeah, line. Yeah, 2.2. Wow, he was obviously quick after getting by. Brown ended up finishing in second. Austin Olds, all told, a good weekend running the DAP, ended up finishing uh, uh, in the top three on the podium. Diego Ardiles in fourth, and Isaac Malkit on the Gallard, rounding out your top five. Chase Cassioli on the red speed, getting the uh, hard charger. 21 spots up. David started 42nd, drove up to 21st. Yeah, another Speed Concepts Racing driver. Uh, good drive to uh, – he just got in uh, to the main event. The 42nd spot was the last spot, not having to go into the LCQ. So uh, was able to fight his way up 21 spots in 20 laps. So uh, one spot every lap. That's more more than one spot every lap. So it's, that's a, a great drive for him. All right, let's jump into the KA100 Masters class to uh, – uh, cap off this particular segment before, before we go mini and micro. KA100 Masters presented by Speed Concepts Racing. And here's the headline. Rawlson continues dominance with third victory. Yeah, three victories in this category essentially has put uh, Mike Rawlison in the championship chair. Uh, it wasn't his race, however, at the beginning as his teammate at RPG, Mario Barrios, was able to put in the fast time in qualifying. Uh, Andy Kutcher. The local driver at MCC was able to put in the second quickest lap with Jamie Siraki making his class debut uh, third quickest in the time session. It was Rollison back and forth. He said, I talked to him after the session. He said he just didn't time the uh, the traffic ahead of him. So uh, got caught up with uh, with a driver he was trying to use as a rabbit and didn't quite work out. So he ended up finishing or finishing the session in fourth. Well, that was good enough for him to go up to win two of the heat races. He won the first heat and the third heat, both of them ahead of Andy Kutcher, who was able to outgun uh, Rollison in the second heat race. So it was those two drivers that were really kind of the uh, the ones to beat on the weekend. But Rollison, with those two heat wins, got the pole position for the main event. Andy Kutcher on the outside. Laurentiu Mardan, who had a bad qualifying in the eighth position, he was able to work his way up into a third starting spot. We saw him win at Newcastle. So that kind of helps kind of shake things up, thinking, okay, we might have a great race. You got hit, him yeah. in third, Siraki fourth, and then top qualifier, Mara Barrios in fifth. You're like, oh, this is going to be a great race, right? No, it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> Contact early in the race between Clay Settles and Siraki essentially took them out of the race. And then a couple laps later, Kutcher got a little bit sideways and Barrios ran into him. Uh, Barrios said, I did, I wasn't trying to turn, do it and just had nowhere to go. Ran, ran kind of ran into the side of him and, and, and collected both of them. So it took them out of the race. Uh, and then a, I believe a lap later, Scott Cop, two-time defending or two-time series champion, lost a chain while sitting there in fourth. So it just kind of messed everything up at the front of the field. Rollison was like, thank you, and kind of checked out away from everybody. Uh, yep, it was a wire-to-wire -wire victory. I thought with Mardan sitting there in second, all right, he was good late at Newcastle. Well, it didn't quite end up being that way. Mardan just didn't quite have the pace that Rollison did. You look at their fast laps. Mardan's was only two, was two tenths off of what Rollison was able to do. So, again, Rollison ending up with a dominating performance in the main event. Uh, leading all 20 laps for his third victory on the season. Uh, Laurent Dumar Dan getting in second, as David had said. Nicky Coelho with all the action and finding himself up into P3. Uh, Miguel Mir in fourth and Clay Settles after the uh, contact that he had with Soraki was able to get himself back 
to P5. Scott Carapaletti, the hard charger on a Tony cart, started 19th up to 12th, seven position improvement. But David, one more little note on here I, I want you to bring in. I like this. Yeah, Clay Settles. So Settles was actually penalized for the contact with Soraki, but that penalty was overturned. Okay. So it, if if that penalty stood up, it would have put TJ Nevels into the fifth position. Uh, who Nevels, who was racing on the, the team FMS tent, was actually racing on a 17-year-old Merlin cart. So <laughs> this so thing awesome. was made in 2006. He literally had no pills in it. It was straight up kingpins. That was it. That was it. He said awesome. the only the only change he did, I think he said, was he loosened up the seat struts. And aside from that, just lap after lap, he felt better and more comfortable. And and you look at it, his fast lap time in the main event, which was on lap 16, was only three tenths off what Rollison was able to do and less than a tenth of what Mardan was able to do. So, you know, I think if we would have won another day, he might be able to uh, to, to to do even better. So uh, listen, uh, racing, major, racing, major... A, racing, a, racing a go-kart that's older than half the field in the paddock. Uh, racing a cart that's legal for X30 Pro and Pro Shifter and K100 Senior. <laughs> and probably, pro, it's it's probably, because he's, I think he just turned, he just got into his 30s. So it's, okay. it's you know, he's only about, you know, 14, 15 years older than the cart itself. That's just so good. 17-year-old Merlin cart up there, almost in top five. That's awesome. I think that's that's just a great story. I love it. So, so what does that say about carding right now? Do we do you need a new cart every race? Well, that's it. Like, listen, if you're up front, I guess if you're running the front of an X30 Pro race, you're trying to drop new metal down all the time. But yeah, I, I, again, it's or still got to drive it. I was gonna say, or because the weights are so high in Masters that you can pull out anything out of the garage and make it go fast maybe i don't know i think that's a great story regardless it's awesome a great story. story i love it it is it's a fantastic story for sure uh, all right uh, another break folks when we get back we'll uh we'll keep going here with the race report brought to you by acceleration cart racing mini swift and micro swift to cap things off for over 35 years george barks has been deeply connected to shifter cart racing in the u.s and he's been dedicated to one of the most iconic brands in the sport tm for over three decades, George Barks TM Racing USA has been supplying engine builders and cart shops with the TM product line as a trusted importer and distributor. Current customers include Darcy DeCoste Racing, Ron White Mirage Motorsports, and Two Wild Karting. Dealer inquiries are invited. The KZ and OKN class are enjoying excitement and growth this year, and TM Racing USA has all the available TM engines in stock. You can count on TM Racing USA for competitive prices and superior customer service. George has developed his stellar reputation of expertise and professionalism through his 30 plus years in the sport. Here's George to tell you in his own words. I'm George Bartz. For over 30 years, I've been proud to represent the TM Racing brand here in the United States. I know the product line inside and out, and we always have products in stock. I'd love to get the opportunity to add you to our network. From complete engine packages to each and every part in the motor, George Barks TM Racing USA is the go-to source for TM products. Connect with George via email. It's BarksTMRacing at AOL.com or call 310-714-6907.
OpenFender.com is a way for racers like you to raise money to reach your racing goals. I'm founder Mason Filippi of the world's first motorsports funding platform. As a racer, I know that there's a lot we do behind the scenes before hitting the track. Driving fast, winning races comes after a lot of prep, practice, and let's face it, a lot of money. The good news is that fans and sponsors want you to win. They want to help you and be part of your team. That's why I created OpenFender.com, to get these supporters funding your dreams and getting you across the finish line. In a few minutes, you can set up a profile, share it on your socials, and encourage fans and sponsors to boost your racing. Racers using OpenFender are averaging over $1,000 per campaign. This is money that's buying them parts, paying fees, and getting them to the next level. Join OpenFender now and start funding your performance. Motor mounts. They keep your engine attached to your chassis, right? The answer is, they're much more important than that. Your motor mount is critical in transferring 100% of the power from your engine through to your tires and the racetrack. You need this to get on the podium each and every time you race. Odenthal Racing Products is here for you, providing the best motor mounts on the karting market today. All designed to make sure you're using all the horsepower you pay for. Odenthal Racing Products is a family-owned and operated business with decades of karting experience in providing products with unmatched quality and value for our racing community. The Pro Series mount for two cycle engines, which is available in 0, 5, and 8 degree inclinations, provides a rigid structure to help keep vibration to a minimum without adding too much weight to your setup. The 4-cycle Easy Set system is one of the most popular mounts for the Briggs & Stratton 206 power plant. Multiple mounting holes provide the most adjustability depending on your chassis and seat placement. To ensure a tight fit to your chassis, our ORP wedge clamps get the job done. And they feature a number of design updates to provide a lower profile and lighter weight. The clamps are available from 28mm to 32mm in both standard and Euro style sizes. And now, Odenthal has also revolutionized the karting industry with its new Easy GP camera mounting system. Designed to mount anywhere on your chassis with one or two cameras, the ORP EZGP camera mount is your solution to capture that onboard winning moment. Head to OdenthalRacing.com and find a dealer near you. Odenthal Racing Products, proudly made in the USA. Welcome back to episode 116 of our EKN Debrief, taking a deep dive into the USPKS event, the penultimate race of the 2023 season at Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati Carplex. Again, diving into the race report here, uh, Mini Swift and Micro Swift. Let's cap it off with those two categories. The Cadet class is up next. Uh, Mini Swift presented by DNJ Intermodal Services. Here's your headline. Palacio gains third, third of the season. Yeah, the the uh, the eyes have been on Lucas Palacio all season long as kind of the driver to beat in the Mini Swift category, uh, and and essentially he's kind of proven that uh, gaining the first two victories on the season. The uh, the weather kind of kind of dampened things a little bit and made things a little bit more interesting with the uh, the uh, the main event at Newcastle that allowed Michael uh, McGoy to to pick up that victory. This one, again, there's just so many different drivers who are in the mix all weekend long. Let's start out with qualifying. Qualifying Cameron Marsha able to earn his first top qualifier honor of the year with recent Scusa winner Travis Pettit in the second spot, Palacio sitting there in third. So great top three. Ended up being Marco or uh, um, yeah, Marco, yeah, Mar- 
Marco Romero, who was the driver to beat when it came to race time. I think he had the great strategy. Get out front and get away. <laughs> I mean, he did it in the if opening. It works. He, it, I mean, it works because the, the one thing I'll say this, the one thing when you look at racing uh, this weekend, it was mini swift and X 30 pro where you saw guys running defensive line after defensive line after defensive line. Okay. And R R Romero was one of those drivers who was like, I'm not going to run defensive. I'm just going to get away. Uh, he did. He did exactly that. Uh, opening heat race was able to get away ahead of uh, Palacio and Rocco Simone. The second heat race, Palacio was able to come through with the victory. Again, another wild race uh, with Royce Vega in second, Romero third. Uh, heat three, it was Romero teamed up with Vega as they were able to get away from the rest of the group and finish one, two with Palacio finishing in the third spot. So it put Romero and Palacio on the front row, Pettit and Vega row two, and then Rocco Simone and Cameron Marsha, the top qualifier in row three. So interesting start to the main event, got through the opening corners, was going pretty good. Romero out front and they were fighting behind him, fighting behind him. So again, he got out front, was able to get away. Unfortunately, a few laps into the race, uh, he ended up pulling off to the side of the road. A broken brake pedal actually uh, put him on the sideline. So it was, uh, you know, the foot extensions or the pedal extensions the bolt that actually uh, holds the pedal into the foot extender uh, snapped. So uh, he had no brakes. So uh, thankfully no major incident with that as well too. So uh, thankfully he was able to walk away, but uh, unfortunately cost him a chance at victory on the weekend. Uh, so when he was out um, essentially put, made it, made it a battle uh, at the front of the field with a number of drivers kind of going back and forth uh, that included Royce Vega, Travis Pettit and Lucas Palacio Pettit and Vega kind of seemed to be the drivers to beat. They kind of went back and forth a little bit more towards the end of the race. And then Palacio was able to kind of secure the spot. Vega got caught up in, in a little bit of contact with, with some other drivers on the white flag lap. So that essentially gave the victory as Palacio went unchallenged to the checkered flag to claim his third victory on the season. Uh, you got some notes here. What happened, what happened to Pettit in the final lap? Yeah, and then Pettit had a mechanical, went into uh, the first turn and lost his or had a brake issue. So uh, I believe he was running fourth at the time. So that kind of took him out of the race and and hurt his chances on landing on the podium. So, again, a lot of racing behind Palacio. Uh, this allowed uh, Marco Samut to move up into the second spot. So the mini Samet, sorry. Maybe. I thought no, I thought it was Samut or Samet. No, no, it's Samet. Samet. OK, Samet. Samet. Gotcha. Sam it. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. Finish second. Good. Yeah. The rookie finished second. So uh, he actually qualified. Where did he get qualified? 13th ended up starting ninth, made his way all up into the second with all That's that. A good action. Day. So a great end to the weekend for him. For uh, sure. Max Christia, who was uh, not at Newcastle as he was traveling with his family. Great return for him. He ended up finishing in the third spot. He started back in eighth spot. So a good, uh, a good finish for them. Ashton Woon, uh, last year's micro swift champion. He finished in the fourth position with Simone in the fifth spot. So you got one, two, three rookies in the top five. A hard charger, Michael McGoy on the peril and a couple of DNFs in the heat races. He started 25th and was able to get himself up to seventh. So an 18 position improvement for Michael McGoy. 
Yeah, I think if he had two more laps and went would have went 20 like the rest of the categories, uh, he might have had something to say about the top five for sure. Wow, okay, all right, interesting. Uh, Micro Swift presented by Team Ferris Racing. Here's the headline, De Janeiro claims career first. Yeah, this is a... You know, as we kind of talked about in the in the outlap, the micro swift drivers are starting to catch up at the front of the field. You know, we, we've seen especially that United States Pro Card Series, Parker Ives uh, dominating the way dominating the season thus far. But uh, this weekend proved that these drivers are starting to catch up. The more track time they're getting, uh, the more comfortable and a little bit better they keep getting. Uh, Colton Schneekenberg, who's been kind of there all year long, was able yeah. to set fast time and qualifying De Janeiro in the second position with Parker back in third. But it was Parker Ives finishing first in the opening two heat races. He did it ahead of Burgess in the opening race and then uh, Nakawadi in the second heat race. And then in the third heat race, it was Aston Wyatt who ended up coming up to grab the victory ahead of Ives with uh, Burgess in the third position. So it kind of set the grid this way with Ives and Burgess on the front row, Bergman and Nakawadi on the second row and Garciaris and oh, I didn't turn the page here. Sorry about that. And Maxwell Macha in the third row. So a number of different drivers in there. Wyatt had issues, a couple of issues in uh, or had one issue in the opening heat race. So that put him back in the 13th position to start the main event. Well, he ended up actually coming all the way up through the field and coming out as the leader by the midway point of the race. Uh, Parker Ives started on the pole position, had fell back early. Actually, uh, where, let me see where how far he went back. But I was talking to his uh, mechanic, uh, Richard, after after the race. They had the carburetor set a little bit differently, so didn't quite work out the way they wanted to. So he lost pace early on in the race. Um, actually fell all the way down to 11th at one point. Okay. Um, so as they were, a number of drivers were battling on, eventually, as I said, Aston Wyatt was able to secure the lead and they kept battling again, battle, battle, battle. Don't let the leader get away. Well, they let the leader get away. So Wyatt <laughs> was able to get a little bit of advantage, but, uh, De Janeiro was charging his way forward. He actually started back in. 11th position because he had heat race finishes of 10th, 6th, and 19th. So not exactly good heat race races for him. He started motoring his way forward, got ahead of the group that was fighting for second. And for some reason, why it just didn't quite have the pace then. De Janeiro, I think, gained like two or three tenths a lap, quickly got to him, and then quickly got by him. Uh, they kind of ran one, two. Uh, and, uh, Wyatt was just unable to kind of respond and make a pass for the lead as De Janeiro was able to hold on, uh, Wyatt made one last attempt at the line coming to the line. And it was 51 thousandths separation between the top two with De Janeiro celebrating victory. His first at USPKS. Yeah. Good for him. Wyatt coming home in second spot. Micah Baruch ends up in the uh, third spot for Perilin, uh, Emerson lane in fourth and one Diego Garcia's. Dark uh, Garcia say rounding out the top 10. Pasha Ali, David, with the uh, hard charger up 20 spots after some rough heat race results. Started back in 34th, but was able to get his way up into 14th. Yeah, qualified 15th, so it was just kind of in the bottleneck at, at the start of every heat race and didn't quite get the results he wanted there. But uh, a great drive, 20 spots in 18 laps. So a great uh, way, way to finish off the weekend. 
All right, we'll cap things off after this break, folks. Next up, we'll wrap it all up with the Constructors' Championship. David will give us a bit of a wrap, and then we'll do the EK and Trackside Live race calendar to wrap up this edition of The Debrief. Winning takes a team, and Northern California Carters can take advantage of one of the best, working with the Karting Collective based at Sonoma Raceway. The Karting Collective is a full-service kart shop and a longtime official Sodi kart dealer founded by karting and racing veteran Nick LaDuke. Nick's decades of experience brings the knowledge needed to reach the podium, with a focus on attention to detail and providing a fun culture within the race team. A whole host of services are available with the Karting Collective, including trackside support, chassis setup, and driver coaching, as well as kart storage, kart service, and repair. Arrive and drive opportunities are also available. Visit thekartingcollective.com or call 415-328-1112. You can find them on social media as well and make sure to give them a follow. Make the most out of every lap with a perfectly prepped cart from the Carding Collective. The new face of competitive karting in the Pacific Northwest region is Race Lab. The full-service karting operation is located at the state-of-the-art Kartplex facility in Oliver, British Columbia, Canada, providing everything you need to hit the track or put yourself in a successful driver development program. Race Lab is the official North American distributor for the TB Kart chassis brand, providing the full range of models from kid kart to shifter kart. Villeneuve Racing Karts is their flagship product available only through Race Lab. The brand carries the name of Formula One champion and Indianapolis 500 winner Jacques Villeneuve with each model produced by TV Kart. Kartplex, the home of Race Lab, is situated on the grounds of the Area 27 Motorsports Park. From full arrive and drive TV Kart rentals to leagues and competition karting, the facility provides a new home to developing the future stars of motorsports, all beginning at Kartplex with Race Lab. Follow Race Lab on social media on Facebook and Instagram or load up their website at www.theracelab.ca to learn more about TV Kart and Villeneuve Racing Karts. Race Lab. Race with us. Win with us. Top level production with a focus on a single form of motorsport, karting. This is MG Tires. MG Tires USA Underneath the Vantage Karting Group banner is the official distributor of the MG Tires brand for the United States. MG Tires are the official spec tire in the U.S. Pro Kart Series, Route 66 Sprint Series, Sunshine State Karting Challenge, and countless clubs across the country. No matter your compound preference, MG Tires USA has you covered. Whether it's the medium SH Red or the soft SM Yellow that you find at many karting events in the U.S., or the Super Soft Green SS and the Intermediate White IZ Optional Compounds, MG Tires USA has your winning set of rubber in stock. Indoor and outdoor rental facilities can now trust MG Tires with their solution to long-lasting and the best performance with three different compounds available through the RL line. For more info about MG Tires USA and its extensive list of dealers near you, check out their website at mgtiresusa.com. MG Tires, for the drivers. Welcome back to the debrief here 
uh, part of the EKN podcast program on the EKN radio network. Again, episode number 116 as we wrap things up from the USPKS event at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati. Rob Howden alongside David Cole, who was trackside throughout what it was a very hot and humid weekend uh, down there in Batavia, Ohio. David, let's wrap things up. What are your thoughts on, on the, the event down at MCC? Well, first off, let's start with a positive. Uh, yes, there were red flags in practice. It seemed like practice, maybe the humidity and the heat was getting to everybody. Uh, so there was a couple of red flags there, but none in the racing. Once we got racing going on, there were no red flags. So uh, a good, safe weekend there. Um, the tight confines of MCC certainly produced some exciting action across the uh, the categories we had there this weekend. Again, it kind of has that Ocala feel. You know, we always look at Ocala as kind of like the Bristol of 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 karting. Exactly. The, the MCC is almost a mile long, so you can't consider that really a Bristol. But the the feel of it, you know, it has that old school feel with the, not as quite wide enough as as many other racetracks. But uh, uh, again, you know, looking from the outside looking in, it, it seemed like it was a very competitive weekend. Um, you know, obviously it's round four of the championship. So, so, you know, uh, temperatures in the, uh, in the paddock could get a little heated, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, with that, yeah. but, um, you know, I think that that might has a, have a lot to do with it. I think if maybe we came here for the first, first race of the year, it might be, might, the feelings might be a little different. Um, you know, because again, hot, humid weekend, it, that does, the weather didn't help. Yeah, uh, being always, being always the month fun. of August, it it, yeah. it kind of amps up the uh, the um, uh, the personalities or tempers you know, can flare. I'm, yes, tempers. Right. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, you know, frustration. People, some people are frustrated. This, you know, sometimes you leave happy. Sometimes you leave frustrated. It's just and listen. Of, they've been dig, they've been digging all summer long too. Eight months. You you mentioned earlier, David. That we're eight months. Like the end of eight months of a season, man. People have been digging since January. Mm -hmm. exactly that and that's kind of where i see it as you know not a lot of breaks and and you know when you when you get to a weekend like this where it was hot and humid uh that that just adds to to the uh to the uh the tempers and the uh yeah. and the feeling uh of of the weekend the conditions kind of amplify the emotions right there you go yep. yeah no doubt so what do you think what do you think what, what are the what are people talking about you know sunday night what was what was the thought about the series finale at Trackhouse? Yeah. So I, I, you know, I think, I think the grind of the season, you know, just kind of, it's, it's changing the, the outlook on the, on the rest of the year. You know, again, I think, I think it's good. We have a little bit of a break until the finale in October for track house. I think once we get there, it'll be a little bit different. Everybody knows the facility. Everybody knows the racetrack. Um, it'll be October. So it's not going to be sweltering hot. Um, and again, track house always, we always see great racing there. So you know, I think things people will kind of put this put this weekend to bed if they didn't have a good weekend and, and kind of move forward. But, um, you know, from from what I'm being told now, they haven't made it official, but they, they have it on the website that they've they've shifted the dates. Now we're going to do uh, Thursday to Sunday event rather than the Wednesday, Saturday. They talked about when they announced the schedule. So hopefully we'll, we'll learn more about that and uh, and we'll. Uh, we'll see how that kind of unfolds, but uh, yeah, so there's, it, I don't know. Well, I think, it, I think it's not going to be as, as you said, tempered as what we saw this weekend. 
We'll see. Uh, again, folks, let's go into the Constructors Championship. Six different brands winning over the eight main events. Again, just the single main events uh, for the USPKS on Sundays. Dad, uh, David, six different uh, brands win. Let's let's run through them. Yeah, it's Cosmic and Cart Republic picking up two. Cosmic, Mike Rollison, and Ernesto Rivera. So two wins for RPG and Cosmic. Cart Republic sweeping the cadet divisions with Palacio and De Janeiro. Yeah. So uh, I think that's the first time we've seen the cadet division swept by Cart Republic. So uh, a good weekend for them in that category, those categories. Magic Cart with the Pro Shifter victory at AJ Myers. Red Speed with Turner Brown and X30 Junior. Sodi Cart in X30 Pro with Harley Keeble. And Tony Cart with Emerson Reed uh, in KA100 Senior. There you go. Uh, EK and Trackside Live race calendar, folks. We'll have a look at where we're going to be over the month of September. This one brought to you by OTK USA. All over the karting world, everyone knows OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the USA, OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Tony Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic, Xpree, Red Speed, and EOS chassis, and now the new Gallard and Lando Norris brands, OTK quality is second to none. To learn more about a specific product line or to find the OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Xpree, Red Speed, EOS, Gallard, or LN Kart, visit www.otkusa.com. All right, David, we're, what, a couple days away from heading for you, at least heading down to Rock Island once again, the uh, iconic event, the Labor Day Classic, the Extreme Rock Island Grand Prix in Rock Island, Illinois. I hope to get back there one day, but uh, sounds like you're doing double duty. It'll be an ECAN trackside live uh, weekend. We'll be streaming the live coverage from the announcers there. Maybe going to throw up that turn uh, six camera that we've used over the last couple of years, but you're going to be doing some racing back behind the wheel of an Ignite, which makes me happy. Yeah, it's been since 2019 that I raced at Rock Island or been behind the wheel of an Ignite cart. So excited for that. Got to get back behind the wheel at Rock Island. Took a couple of years off there. Uh, yeah, we'll be doing the uh, the video feed for the start, finish, and turn six. So you'll be able to see that uh, Saturday and Sunday. We'll keep that running uh, continuously through the heat races on Saturday and then through the main events on Sunday. Uh, of course, we'll do social media throughout the weekend as well. Some videos, some photos a little bit of everything we'll we'll try and do a, a video debrief after each session uh to kind of talk about uh you know how the how the track's progressing how the i'm progressing how the cart's progressing <laughs> and stuff. uh and again just kind of have fun with it like we always do at rock island you and i'll be back together though dave you're there obviously solo for the rock island event but uh september 15th 16th 17th the race rotax u.s trophy final at newcastle motorsports park in newcastle indiana uh, I'm looking forward to that one again. You and I had a really, really fun weekend there uh, last year. 75 entries last year. The racing was tremendous. Again, Rotax has been this major thing around our sport uh, for a couple of decades. And great to see it kind of coming back. The guys at, uh, at J3 Competition have done such a good job in rebuilding that brand, starting on the you know the grassroots kind of foundation, building some regional programs. And there are you know, East and West uh, U.S. Trophy events Cart uh, uh, Chaser is going to be there. Henry Bodette and I will be on for that. But again, looking forward to what should be a good weekend at Newcastle. Yeah, a lot of race teams. I, I counted uh, 14 different race teams from that race road tax confirmed. We'll have arrive and drive programs for that. So I, I expect to see uh, the entries into the triple digits. We're going to be giving away a total of 10 road tax grand final tickets away 
both for reserve drivers and open tickets. So anybody can get any of those open tickets, whether you're from Canada, Mexico, or any other country, uh, you're able, they're able to compete and, and try to, uh, to win one of those tickets in their respective categories. Um, again, road tax racing at Newcastle, it was what 2010 that were the, uh, U S road tax grand nationals were held there. And it was 10 years ago this year that the road tax grand finals were here in the USA. So hoping to put a little kind of recap article on that to kind of show, uh, where we've come since the, uh, 10 years from now, from ago. Some pretty, some pretty cool, pretty cool names in that race too. <laughs> there right? was. It was yeah, yeah, a yeah. Uh, a twenty year old Oliver Hodgson who actually won the Rotax Senior category that year. So uh, the, who now calls the USA home? Uh, who will be turning, I believe, thirty uh, this year, uh, beginning of August or October? Uh, was a a young lad back then. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. There you go, folks. Our episode uh, number one sixteen of the EKN debrief is done. David giving us a full insight on the USPKS event, the Ohio Grand Prix at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati Carplex in Batavia, Ohio. This show brought to you by Parallel USA. Hope you enjoyed it, folks. Again, a full insight into round four of the USPKS. Now they look forward to the finale, Trackhouse, and we'll wrap up that season. Uh, four different winners in X30 Pro. We'll see whether or not we get that fifth different winner when they get to Mooresville, North Carolina. That wraps things up for this edition of the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, folks. On behalf of David Cole, my name is Rob Howden. Bye for now.